Chapter 33 Plexiglass Cube Rhodes had acted quickly as soon as he had seen the image of Serena on Quan's phone. There had been a Department of Agriculture team in Las Vegas detailed to surveil the Glasser residence nonstop after the Greenleaf debacle. However, after two months, it was obvious the organization had no interest in the Glasser home. Over the past month, Rhodes's crew performed drive-bys twice a day, but relied heavily on video. When Rhodes called, they were caught flat-footed. They hadn't seen or heard anything. Upon rewinding the video, they knew Rhodes was right. Two women had entered the residence, and only one had left. They called an ambulance and took off for the scene, knowing there would be hell to pay with Rhodes. They called him an hour later with a status report. It's not good, sir, the Las Vegas operative said. No shit, it's not good. I saw the goddamn video. How the hell is she? Is she alive, goddammit? He shouted. Barely is all we know at this point, sir. She's lost a lot of blood. They began a transfusion in the ambulance. She flatlined a couple of times, but they brought her back. She's hanging on by a thread, the operative said. Were you followed? Rhodes asked. No, sir. There was no tail. It would seem the perpetrator thought the job was done. Rhodes ran his fingers through his gray buzz cut. He invested so much time in maintaining Serena's cover. The thought of losing her was unfathomable. Worse, he had recruited her himself and had developed a strong bond with her. He could have had Serena take out Beth easily. However, he chose to play the long game, to have Serena build trust, to work her way into the organization as a trusted employee, and ultimately to use her to bring down the organization from the inside. Now, that hope was fading with her. Maintain surveillance. Stay close this time, goddammit, Rhodes said. I'll let you know when she comes out of surgery, his operative said, sensing his boss's anguish. Fine, Rhodes said, almost in a whisper. Let me know. Two hours after Jack administered the vaccine, Luke was still catatonic, slipping further down the rabbit hole. Jack was able to connect, but Luke's thoughts were scattered, less intense. It was almost as if his mind was preparing to give up, too. As Jack was about to leave, an intense thought brushed by his mind's eye, Luke thinking back to when he had found Jack at Greenleaf. I love you, man. Jack felt his brother's thought and intention in every fiber of his being. Luke was a pain in the ass at times, but was his pain in the ass, his brother, the only one he knew ever truly had his back. The only other person on earth who truly knew him. He couldn't let it end this way. Chastity woke up and saw Jack sitting outside the wall near the head of Luke's bed. She and Luke were in what looked to be a huge plexiglass cube with a glass divider in the middle. There was no privacy for anyone unless the occupant closed the floor-to-ceiling curtains that hung around the perimeter of the walls. 
She sat up in her bed and tapped the glass to get Jack's attention. How are you feeling? Jack asked through a small intercom telephone outside of her room. I'm okay, she said. I'm scared for Luke, but I don't think I have it. He got sick fast. It's been 24 hours, and other than being tired from the trip, I feel okay. That's good, Jack said. He was about to walk away, but since chastity had something on her mind, she ran her fingers through her auburn hair as she stood near the dividing glass between her and Luke. Luke had a breathing tube down his throat, his vital signs represented by blinking and pulsing lights. Is he going to be all right? She asked, turning to Jack. Jack looked down at his feet, then over at his brother. Is he going to be all right, goddammit, she asked, teeth clenched, walking up to the glass separating her from Jack, holding back tears that eventually broke. Tell me, I've got to know, she screamed. Jack wasn't high. He had been so focused on his brother and the serum that he hadn't had a chance to smoke or chew an edible. His nerves were raw and his emotions were pulsating through his pores. He rested his head on the glass, looking down to avoid her eyes, and began to sob.